So this morning's uh, scripture comes from Second Chronicles chapter 29, verses 1 through 11 and 15 through 17. Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites and assembled them in the square on the east and said to them, Hear me, Levites, now consecrate yourselves and consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry out the filth from the holy place. For our fathers have been unfaithful and have done what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. They also shut the doors of the vegetable and put out the lamps and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore, the wrath of the Lord came on Judah and Jerusalem, and he has made them an object of horror, of astonishment and of hissing, as you see with your own eyes. For behold, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is it, now it is now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, in order that his fierce anger may turn away from us. My sons, do not now be negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him and to be his ministers and to make offerings to him. They gathered their brothers and consecrated themselves and went in as the king had commanded by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. The priests went into their inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it, and they brought out all the uncleanness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it and carried it out to the brook Kidron. They began to consecrate on the first day of the Lord. On the first day of the first month, and on the eighth day of the month, they came to the vegetable of the Lord. Then for eight days, they consecrated the house of the Lord, and on the sixteenth day of the first month, they finished. This is God's word. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, Tiffany. And... um, did any of you grow up in a tradition in your home where it was the first days of the new year was clean out, clean up the house? That's done in the Chinese New Year. That's done in other cultures of the world. They start the, maybe you do that in the first day of spring in different, let's say, ethnic groups and the Germans do that in Pennsylvania and the Mennonites and different things like that. I do want you to take a minute to think about some of your best memories about New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Um, the um, As a kid, maybe you enjoyed New Year's Day, you did something as your family, as an adult, maybe you have one that's really memorable. I'm going to ask you to turn to somebody else here that doesn't know that story, keeping a social distance, and tell this memory. Uh, also in the gathering place, there's four tables of people. You can turn and talk to different tables. And on Facebook Live, if you just write in the chat section a memory. For I just wrote down a couple that uh, you might be thinking about. Maybe you had a memorable snowstorm. You played in the Rose Bowl. Times Square, watched the apple drop. I grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania on New Year's Eve. They hoist a 400-pound yellow peep 
chick on the top of a crane. It's up there, and as the countdown goes, it gets lower and lower and lower and falls into a big vat of molten steel. Nothing says Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, <laughs> like the peeps which are produced there and the steel company that went bankrupt. But that's what they do. That's what they do in Bethlehem. Uh, some of my best l- recent memories have been in Warrington on First Fridays. So take a take a minute and turn to people and tell a memory you perhaps the other person doesn't know or a stranger wouldn't have heard from before of one of your best memories of New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Okay, we'll wrap it up. You can continue these conversations later, and please keep writing in on the chat section on Facebook Live. I thought back to New Year's resolutions at the beginning of this 2020. I wrote, uh, I made a resolution to lose 10 pounds, and I've got 14 to go. So <laughs> doing, doing well there. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, if we'd get a slide, uh, actually get back to Hezekiah. Who was uh, Hezekiah's mother? Abijah. Who was Hezekiah's father? Huh. Must have skipped that. That's the last chapter. His father was King Ahaz. This is sort of a trick question, because here it says his father was David. Now, he did not follow in the footsteps of his father David. Hezekiah followed in the footsteps of his previous king, David, because Ahaz was a bad king. He did bad stuff in his reign. And during that time of uh, creating worship places and high places, uh, human sacrifices, uh, alliances with bad other bad kings, uh, the last thing that he's recorded having done in, uh, as one of his last acts was he shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. That is no good indeed. Or as Buddy the Elf would have called him, a cotton-headed ninny-muggins. He was a bad king. And so Hezekiah followed in his father David's example. And Hezekiah's first act in the first year of the first month of his reign was to do the opposite of his father and open the doors of the temple and get them repaired. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, Hezekiah opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Now picture with me the temple. Uh, it's a huge building on top of a mount, not a huge mountain, but a big hill where Jerusalem had been worshiping for hundreds of years by this time. This is 715 B.C. And the temple had been there for maybe 200 years or so. And it had an outer wall with huge gates and then an inner courtyard with some gates and some doors. And then uh, finally the Holy of Holies in the middle with special doors. And so we see that the first thing he did was approach and repair the doors. Why do you think the doors are the first thing this new king chose to handle is for his first day of policy in both the office it's a political office and a spiritual office as well ideas on that please and in the other rooms post your ideas why would he start with the doors 
You have to yell because of the mass. It keeps walls, keeps welcome people in. Okay. It is welcoming. That's right. You go in through the doors. Other thoughts. It doesn't say, but it's good to think about that. Why he started with the doors. Uh, his next two instructions... Uh, are after he starts repairing with the doors, he's got to get the people ready. And he says for them to consecrate themselves and then consecrate the rest of the building, the house of the Lord. And so he starts with the people, and we'll get to that a little bit later. We're going to talk about how he went about consecrating and cleaning up the house of the Lord. It's a big job. It's a big process. If you were chosen to do this, well, that was the good news because you were considered worthy, you and your family. But it was a big job, so that was the bad news about it. And so uh, there's a job description that we've prepared here that uh, somebody else prepared about what he was going to do and how he's going to do it. So this is the job description. Go into the main gate, the main doors, starting in the vestibule, look for unclean things. Bring them out to the court. Leave them there. Cleanse that area where you just took those from. Other people will take the stuff you brought out to the court and they'll take it down to the Kidron Valley, to the brook of the Kidron Valley. And you'll go back in and get more gunk, bring it out to the court. It then goes down. The gunk goes down to the Kidron Valley and the brook there. Repeat and repeat for 16 long days. The scriptures tell us that it took him eight days to get halfway and then eight more days to finish the task. And then a huge celebration took place. Uh, why? Uh, let's see if we've got a slide of the Kidron Valley. Uh, it's still there. It's still just outside the walls of Jerusalem. And a little further down, there's running water much of the year. And this is what it might have looked like when this was done. Why do you think it was important to put the junk that they took out of the temple area in a brook, in running water? Cleans it off. Carry it away. It's figurative. It's symbolic. It's real. It's a cleansing thing. And that river, the Kidron Brook, picks up speed, goes down and down, and it ends where? Old Testament, Holy Land scholars? In the Dead Sea. How great is that picture, that this stuff is washed away, removed, ends up in the Dead Sea. After this was done, uh, in a huge celebration, uh, after 16 days there was music, We read about that. Offerings, burning aromas, singers, trumpeters, drums played, keyboard maybe. And in verse 30 it says, they sang praises with gladness and they bowed down and worshipped the Lord. What a New Year party after 16 days of hard work celebrating together as a nation. What a great start to a new year. And Until finally, let's read this slide together. Verse 35. Thus, the service of the house of the Lord was restored. So the king began his reign by restoring service in the house of the Lord. Many of us have finished 2020 with very organized, clean homes. We <laughs> Some have no homes. I heard some things that I, and some, okay. But we had time. A lot of us took time, especially the first months of uh, April and May, cleaning out closets, trips to the dump, 
the gardens never better in Fauquier County, Culpeper County, Prince William, just because people had time and took effort to do that. But not all of us took the opportunity to cleanse ourselves in the same way. My observation, personally, my own family-wise and my neighbors, some of us ended the year with more junk in our life than when we started the year. Perhaps we'd call it resentments, grief, anger, literal and figurative weight in our life, bitterness at, you name it, so much of that. We don't want to carry these things into the new year. We want to talk about how to consecrate ourselves, just as Hezekiah talked to his people about that. The beginning of my spiritual journey uh, was a mess. My life, my wife was not a mess. My life was much like the temple. It was filled with junk. It had been defiled. I had chosen to to be defiled. And it was in chaos until six months after Critty and I were married in Pennsylvania and together on a Saturday night at a Christian coffee house in Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, we made a commitment to Jesus as our Savior. It was a wild time of the Jesus movement going on and people talking about spiritual things and trying to find spiritual answers. And we were part of that and we found Jesus and we were part of that Jesus movement and it changed our lives and it changed our marriage as well. Along with a great feeling of forgiveness and life, I was keenly aware of some of the junk in my life. I needed change and the Lord heard my prayer. And it was a pretty radical process for me. It started with taking an actual inventory of the apartment we were living in on the third floor of uh, 41st Street in West Philadelphia. I had read a little pamphlet by Robert Munger in InterVarsity Press uh, distributed called My Heart Christ Home. And in that story, a fellow invites Jesus into his home. And Jesus goes with this guy from room to room and makes some observations, comments about some things in this fellow's room. Not all positive, but there are a couple rooms in a closet that the guy doesn't invite Jesus to come in and visit. Such it was in the apartment in West Philadelphia. Three things, as I prayed about it, became very obvious I needed to deal with. One was a a little red... uh, Happy Buddha, little fat belly. We got it as a wedding present, so we'd had it for about six months. We thought, oh, this has got to go. So that, that went in the garbage. Uh, oh, oh yeah, my drugs. Okay, that's easy. We'll throw those in the toilet. We'll flush that down. And then I saw over there a big pile of my record collection. It was a good collection. About four years of great music. So sat down on the floor in the shag carpet <laughs> and got out the, and started going through them and, and just thinking about it. And there were one or two odd ones I got rid of, but it became a very clear conviction I had to get rid of all the records, all my Rolling Stone albums. Just very clear to me. That was what the Lord spoke to me. It was obvious. He said so, and I did it. So I picked up this goodly pile of badly Rolling Stone albums, walk down into the common hall, go down to the end of the hall, the fire escape, and there's a common garbage dump that everybody on the hall and the apartments would use and with an opening on our level. And uh, so I put those in there and dropped them in it. We could hear, I could hear it. 
Boom, 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 going down, clunk, 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 down into the bottom, into the garbage bin. Huge thing that was picked up once a week. And I don't know if that went into the Schuylkill River to be cleansed or into a landfill or they burned it, but I know that was done and that was something I had to do in obedience. A second cleansing took place at about the same time. I heard a fellow give a talk that he had heard from Bill Bright, the, the guy that started the campus ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ, about cleansing your own life, how to experience God's forgiveness through cleansing. And so this fellow gave it, and I listened to it, and rather than repeat what he said, I'll tell you what I did after that. Uh, at the end of that talk, uh, I don't know if it was a day later or hours later, but I remember doing it specifically, got on my knees in, our, in my apartment, and took out a, a four-by-six card, and uh, did what he had asked. I stopped, I asked the Lord, show me the things in my life that I have not confessed. Well, yeah, I'd been a Christian for a couple months and I had uh, prayed some, but I had never dealt with some of these issues. And so I wrote down what came to mind. Wrote that down and then I would confess it. Then I'd pause. Then I'd write down something more. Then I'd pause. And it, it took some time. I was in no hurry. Things that Fortunately, I had not seen right away. I don't know if I could have handled it at the time. And uh, other things that were just so obvious and kept making this list of sins that I had not confessed to the Lord. And at the end of the time, as I had been sort of asked to think about doing, I took that card that was filled, maybe more than one side, and wrote across it just 1 John 1 9. I'd memorized that verse about confessing our sins and God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It was a very freeing time for me. I, I um, recall that I ripped it up and or I'm not sure if I burned it and then ripped it. I'm not sure what I did, but I wanted to make a statement that this is done. These sins are taken care of. Now, I still need to confess sins when I sin now. Sometimes I do it pretty quickly. Other times I wait a little too long till I get nudged by the Lord or something else or just the Scripture or my wife. And then I confess those sins. But I don't have to go back to that list and write down anything from that list because that was taken care of, taken out, put in the Kidron Valley, washed away down to the Dead Sea. And I'm going to ask us all to do that this week so that we don't take any of those things that we have not dealt with into the rest of this new year so that we might enjoy this year as the Lord would have us do. It's our opportunity, which as you teachers know is a code for homework. So uh, <laughs> let's, uh, there's a slide about cleansing the temple. This is on a card that you'll be given as you leave. Please take it. They'll be spread out. We can't hand them out. In the back there, back behind you, Peter, if you'd see them on that pile, make sure everybody gets one. There will be a posting of this and a little bit more on the Facebook. But take that card. It'll look like this one, which has some reminders of what we've talked about and some links both to the My Heart Christ Home and also to a talk on the cleansing uh, of cleansing our life by Bill Bright with a little section you can find on that. Uh, this is um, 
This is a year the Lord has made, and we want to rejoice and be glad with it. So I want you to take this card, spend some time on it, and when you're done, write across it 1 John 1, nine. And if you want to rip it up, I won't burn it here up front. Throw it in that junk thing that drops down or take it to the Kidron Valley, whatever it is for you, to let you know that between you and the Lord that you have been um, consecrated for His service. Critty and I uh, knew we needed a lot of training. After that time, we were new Christians coming from a deficit. So we uh, joined the ministry of Campus Crusade for two years. And 48 years later, we're still with them. It's taken us all over the world, time with us and our three kids in the Middle East and Asia in the last 20 years here in the Washington area, working with people uh, in government, in leadership, in government. And many of you know that that's an arena that you've worked in or you know people that work in it. It's really challenging. Other areas, education or uh, business that you're working in, really challenging areas to live for Christ. And uh, you want to be prepared this year to live for Him in each of those areas. Before we close, I promised a special announcement for the people on Facebook. In the next couple weeks, when we do Zechariah uh, and other serv- uh, other things, except for the week that we have that uh, spe- the uh, annual meeting, we're going to ask people that are watching on Facebook, if they want to, to take to wait three minutes and then jump over to a link that you'll be given on Zoom. And we're going to have a Sunday school class discussion on Zoom of the sermon. So we'll be able to see each other. All we see is some names or a number in the corner that says 34, meaning 34 screens are on. Uh, You'll be able to join the Zoom thing if you want to have your picture live or just have your name on it. We'll have discussion about the sermon, maybe even share a few prayer requests and uh, just keep build a little bit of fellowship in that Facebook slash Zoom community that we have. Now back to Hezekiah. There are three more exciting chapters you'll want to read this week before you jump to Hezekiah. It's confusing. Zechariah. And not to be confused with Zephaniah, which is also... Hezekiah does not have his own book. But think about this. What kings do have their own book? Well, that's a bonus question. Okay, okay. In those next three chapters, we see that in 29 years, Hezekiah faced lots of challenges. He did pretty well along the way. He made some errors. He recovered. He made some more errors. He recovered. He got sick, almost died, made a deal with the Lord, recovered. Uh, that's very typical of our Christian lives, isn't it? It's the same for us. Each year has its own challenges and own opportunities. And I, I think of the first sentence of Pilgrim's Progress where Bunyan writes uh, that the Christian life is a walk through the wilderness in this world. And we're in this walk together, and we're in this walk together with the Lord. So as we finish here, to my people at Living Hope, now consecrate yourselves. Make that New Year's resolution. Read through the Scripture. Start with consecrating yourselves. Make like King Hezekiah. Cleanse the rooms. Confess the sins. This is God's year to be His person. Amen.